Hey guys, you're listening to an incredible message from Pastor Jeremy called Roots, right here on the Engage Network. I guess if uh, you haven't heard yet, Pastor Brett is in Slovenia. Um, He texted me this morning at about quarter to seven, thinking since he was done preaching, I should be up already, and uh, I was not. Um, I got his text, and I'm like, oh, I should get up and get ready for church. Well, welcome to Engage. We're glad you're here. If you have your Bibles with you, why don't you turn in them to Ephesians chapter 3 and Colossians chapter 2. We also want to welcome our Stony Plain campus. We're glad that you're with us this morning, and we're excited that you're with us via video. And I'm coming to preach live to you next week, so we'll see you guys next week. But for everyone here in Spruce, uh, I'm so happy to see it is a full house this morning in the 930 because why not come to church at 9.30 and by 11 a.m. you're having brunch and you enjoy the only two days of summer we've had this weekend. (laughs) But it's exciting and we're preaching a series right now called Best Summer Ever. And uh, I think no matter what the weather's like, we can have the best summer ever. Uh, But that translates more into what does a full life look like in Jesus? And that's what we're going after. So Ephesians chapter three, verse 16 to 18 says this. I pray... Oh, can't change the slide on me, sorry. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots, everyone say roots. Okay, that's weak. Everyone say roots. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 says this, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots, everyone say roots, grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your word is alive, living, active, powerful. And God, no matter when it was written thousands of years ago, God, it speaks to our hearts and our lives today because your Holy Spirit is speaking this morning. I pray that you would open our hearts to dig down deep this morning as we make our way into this summer season. But God, that we would remember to set our sights and our eyes on you. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen. I don't have to pray for any sports anymore because there's nothing happening right now. Um, I do that on Sundays, and every time I do, the teams I pray for lose, so I just stopped. Uh, I'm about to send my family to camp today. Uh, They're leaving after I preach the services here this morning. Then we will drive to Bible camp, and I will drop my wife and my kids off. And uh, how many people have some camp memories, uh, some summer memories, going camping, different things? I don't camp very well. Um, I'm more of a glamour-type camper. Um, If you look at me, you probably could just guess that. But uh, I grew up going to camp, and some of my most uh, formable memories of spiritual life happened at camp, but some of the funniest stories that I have happened at camp, whether it was me at camp or leading youth camps. And so my kids are about to go, and I remember this one year that we were at camp. uh, My brother, who's away at work right now, so he can't hurt me, um, he had shoved some paper up his nose at camp. And it was really gross, and uh, we couldn't get it out for a long time. But there was another kid that put something else up his nose. And it was a vegetable. I think it was a pea or something like that. And what ended up happening, they couldn't get it out, and it actually started sprouting and growing 
and he had to get surgery. And so I pray that my kids do nothing like that at camp this year. But my point is this, no matter what we think or what we see on the surface or below the surface, something is always growing in our lives. Whether you want to believe it or not, uh, the, the steps that you take, no matter how relaxed your summer is, how busy it is, there is something growing on the inside of you that you might not see right now, but I would venture to say that we have to tend to and take care and watch of what's happening in our lives, because if we want a full life in Christ, if we want the best summer ever, we actually get a say in it. When we talk about the best summer ever, I feel like the thing talking about roots, depth, growth, these are not the things that come to your mind. When you think about summertime, you're like, summers are for lazy mornings on the beach, reading a book, nights by the fire, kids not going to bed, you know, all those types of things, more sugar than you can imagine, and you know, we, we just experience a lot of fun, a lot of relaxation, and that's great, and that's good, and we should do those things because rest is important. We had our summer Sabbath two weeks ago. It was an amazing weekend. I really enjoyed myself. And as we make our way through summer, yes, we need to rest. We need to find some rejuvenation. But I also want to remind you this morning that as if we're going to live a full life in Jesus Christ, we need to make the most of every opportunity. And in doing that, we have to be very aware that something is growing in our lives, whether we like it or not, and we get to have a say in what's growing. No matter what season we're in, whether it's the natural season of summer, we are all in a season in our lives. And for some of you right now, that season might be very exciting, it might be full of growth, it might be very prosperous. For some of you, it might be a stretching season, and we hate when we get told about those seasons, and oh, God's just stretching you, and you're like, when's he going to stop stretching me, right? And, and some of you might be in a season that's very difficult right now. And other people might not see it on the surface of your life, but inside you know that there's a season happening and something going on inside of you that you're not sure you're going to make it through this season. And, and, but the truth of the matter is that in these seasons, something is growing and something is taking root in your life. And we have a choice whether the frustration, the bitterness, the, the excitement, the good things, the bad things, we have an opportunity to tend our lives and to see these things grow in our lives. James wrote it this way. In James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, he said, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. I'd be like, you're crazy. And I don't know if I want you on my team. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So you know when you're going to stop growing, you know when you're going to stop being stretched, you know when God's going to stop working in your life, when you're perfect and complete and you need nothing. Wow, that's so encouraging this morning. But there's something growing. And James says, brothers and sisters, when troubles, when things come your way, hey, count it an opportunity for joy because it means God can use anything in your life to build you up, to make you perfect, complete, to lead you closer to himself. And I would ask myself, James, why would you write this? Why would you put this in front of us? And, and, and the answer is simply because he wants us to be aware that we can control our response. We can't always control what we go through, but we have an opportunity 
to tend to the things that come our way, and it shapes our response and our future in a very real way. I just bought a new house. I moved in three weeks ago, and it's a construction zone everywhere. Uh, but something we inherited with this new house was a garden. It's amazing. of this big, huge, beautiful garden in the backyard of our house. And my wife and I, we have no idea what to do with the garden. Yeah, exactly. We're like, we're like, is this, last night there was this thing, we're like, is this a weed or is this a plant? I don't know. I took out my spade and I tore the thing out because I thought it was a weed. Maybe it was some expensive plant. But, you know, we, we inherited this garden, but because we bought the house a little bit later in the season, the previous owners had already planted for the year. So for us this year, it's this great mystery. We're like, oh man, we got carrots coming up, like we got this, that. We don't even know what's growing in there, and it's this great mystery. But here's the funny thing. You can't treat your life like that. You know, next year we will have an opportunity to plant and replant and be selective about what's going in there. And it shouldn't be a surprise to us what grows. And when you garden in the natural, you're never surprised that there's going to be a few weeds. It's going to take a little bit of work. But when we look at our lives, sometimes we hit summer or we hit seasons of our life. We're like, it's just coast mode from here on out. And then like six months later rolls around and we wonder why, like, why am I in debt? Well, because you road tripped for three months and never had a job while you were in university. And guess what? Bills pile up, right? Like, you know, we can't just get to a place in our life where we think if we don't watch what's going on, something's going to grow in our life and we're going to see the fruit of that at a certain point. But the funny thing about growth is, is a lot of it happens beneath the surface. And by the time you start seeing it, it takes a lot more to root those things out of our lives. But what I want us to lean into today is the fact that as we move into a full life with Christ, there are things that we can do and things that we can lean into, even in this summer season, that will root us and ground us in Jesus in a way that we can get to the end of the season. And though we've taken time with family, time with friends, we've relaxed, go on a vacation, do all those things, none of us are going to be like, why weren't you at church on Sunday? It's not your job. But you can get to the end of the season and say, my life has grown deeper in Jesus, and there is a fruitful result, even through this season of rest and relaxation, rather than when you go into it and you just be like, well, I'll just do whatever, and we'll see what happens three, four months down the road. And that's when we find ourselves in those places of saying, God, why do I feel dry spiritually? Why do I feel disconnected from you? Why do I feel disconnected from these things? And the key to this is that we are rooted and grounded in Jesus. Can everyone say rooted? rooted. Colossians 2, 1 to 4. Paul's writing this, and Paul wrote a lot of these letters to the early church in the New Testament. He said, I want you to know how much I've agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and many other believers who have never met me personally. He said, I want them to be encouraged in it together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they will understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. Verse 8 of Colossians chapter 2 says, don't let anyone capture you. Another word that they use is beguile you, another word for deceive or cheat. 
with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For Christ lives, <clears throat> sorry, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God. So don't let anyone, verse 16 says, condemn you. He uses three words here. And as Paul is writing this chapter in Colossians chapter 2, right where we read that scripture about being rooted and grounded in Christ, he said there are some things that happen in this life when you aren't careful, when you don't watch what's going on around you. There are things that will come, voices that will try and deceive you or cheat you from the fullness of God or even condemn you to say that you can't be a part of any of these things because it's a religious mindset that keeps you from enjoying the fullness of God. And Paul says, I want you to be very aware of all of these things. When you look at Paul's writings throughout the New Testament, his overwhelming theme as he writes to believers and as he writes to churches is that I want you to have a full life in Jesus. Almost every book that he writes, letter in the New Testament, there is some portion of scripture that says, my prayer for you is that you would experience the fullness of Christ, the depths of his love, the faithfulness of God. He's always writing to the churches about this. And I would say to us today as a church, God's plan for you this summer is that you would be rooted in his fullness and goodness for your life, no matter where you are or what you choose to do this summer. But it comes with intentionality because there is a very real enemy that would like to deceive you to think that it can just be case or sarah, whatever it'll be, it'll be. That's a voice of an enemy that says, guess what? If you just live however you want and let things unfold by themselves, you will find yourself disconnected and disjointed from God's fullness for your life. There's voices and enemies that actually would try to cheat you from God's fullness and his best in your life. It looks good, it sounds good, it is maybe not bad, but it's not the best or God's fullness for your life. But then there's also voices that he would say come to condemn you. And this was talking about things like don't eat, don't touch, don't do this, all these rules, regulations. Oh man, if you miss more than one Sunday, you know, you're not a Christian anymore. No. All those things were these mindsets of, of people that saying, like, to, to please God and to grow in his fullness, you had to do, do, do. And, and Paul's saying, no, 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 don't be condemned. Don't, don't be misled. Don't be cheated of your birthright in Jesus. But he said this, he says, but you need to be rooted and grounded in Christ. How's your relationship with Jesus going to do this summer? So we come back to Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. It says this, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus your Lord, you must continue. Everyone say, continue to follow him. And we could add one step at a time, right? Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. This morning, I would argue that if we want to have the best summer ever, Yet even beyond that, a full life in Jesus. We need to keep following Jesus. We need to be rooted and grounded in him because our faith is built upon the roots that we have in Jesus himself. No matter what the season you're facing right now in the spiritual realm of your heart, keep 
working on the roots and depth of your relationship with Jesus. And I promise you, you will start to experience the fullness of what God has for you. Because God's power is not limited to the season that you're in. It really comes out of and flows out of your depth of root in your faith in Jesus Christ. And we do this as we follow him. So when we are intentional about following Jesus, about deepening our roots in him, and that's what I would encourage you to do this summer, to make it the best summer ever. Find a time and a place to say, Jesus, no matter what we're doing this summer, I am going to deepen my roots in you. Maybe it's a quiet time. Maybe it's a prayer time. Maybe it's a little bit more time in the Word. Maybe it's picking a book that you wouldn't normally read, but you say, I'm going to do all this reading for leisure, but I'm going to pick something that helps me grow in my relationship with Jesus. What are we going to do this summer to help us be rooted in Jesus? Because I believe when we do this, when we're intentional about being rooted in Jesus, three things will happen this morning. Lots of things will happen, but three that I want to single out this morning is this. Number one this morning is this. We grow in faith. When we are intentional about setting our roots down in Jesus and deepening our roots in Jesus, we will grow in faith. Now, when I talk about faith, something that we have to look at is that we could be talking about our personal faith or a measure of faith, but we can also talk about the faith, quote unquote, the roots of the gospel, the, the uh, solidarity or the, the, the depth of what the gospel actually means. Colossians 2 verse 7 says this, it says, then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught. See, we grow in our faith and our belief and trust in Jesus when we take time to spend time with Jesus. Sometimes we wonder, God, why, why am I not growing in my faith and my belief in you? It's like, well, when's the last time I've spent time with Jesus? As we spend time with Jesus, we grow in faith in Jesus. But as we spend time in the truth, in his word, in the truths of God, we actually grow in the faith, our knowledge of who God is and his promises and his goodness and his greatness. All of those things begin to deepen. And the faith that we have collectively as believers that's in his word, it begins to grow and we begin to build our lives upon those promises and those truths. So when we are intentional this summer about saying, God, I want to be rooted and grounded in Jesus, we're going to grow in our faith. We should grow in our faith. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. Now, people use the scripture for all types of things, and it's probably way out of context, but they're talking about the more we take in the word of God, we hear the word of God, we deepen our relationship with Jesus, the greater the depth of our faith becomes. You know, it's like if I read my Bible 10 times, do I have more faith than the person next to me? Maybe not. But when the word of God becomes alive and real to you and your relationship with Jesus becomes more real than it's ever been, of course you're going to have a deeper faith. Of course you're going to have a greater faith. So when we're intentional about, about deepening our roots in Jesus, we're going to grow in faith. Number two this morning is this. We're going to grow in love. We're going to grow in love. Namely, God's love for us, but also our love for others. Ephesians 3, 17 to 18 says this, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. 
Church, we can never stop growing in the love of God for us and the love of God for others. Because as we begin to grow in the love of God towards us, as we say, Jesus, I want to be rooted in your love. God, show me the depths. Show me how deep, how wide, how long, how high. We'll never get to the end of that. And we, as we go deeper and deeper into that, it will change who we are. It will change the decisions we make. It'll change the outcome. It'll lead us into a full life. But as we begin to understand the love of the Father for our lives, it'll actually help us understand the love of the Father for people around us. And in turn, as we grow in the love of God, we should be growing in love for others. And sometimes we can say, well, I love Jesus, but some people, I just don't like them. (laughs) I'd be the first to say that. I love people, but, you know, sometimes, and it's like, sometimes we just have to say, God, help us. Help us to understand that when your love towards me is so great, how great is it towards that person? How great is it towards their family? Doesn't matter how they've treated me or what this looks like or how we don't agree on some things. God loves people deeply. And we never come into contact with people who the Father does not have a heart towards and he doesn't love. He loves people and he wants them all to experience the depth of his love the same way we have. And and we need to in turn saying, God, as I experience your love, help help me show your love to other people. See, Colossians 1.10 says this, Then the way that you live, Paul's talking again about how you grow in your depth of relationship with God, the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. Some translations say kindness towards others. But when he says every kind of good fruit, he references back to the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control. And we think those are all good things for us to produce in our lives as Christians. But guess what? Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control. Most of those actually affect other people more than ourselves. Because when we learn to be joyful, it affects people around us. When we learn to be peaceful, it affects people around us. When we learn to be gentle and gracious and have self-control, it protects and loves people around us. And so as we grow in the love of God towards our lives, we can grow in the fruit of the Spirit, in the love of God towards other people. You want to talk about a full life and a full summer and a life that is blessed and fruitful Get rooted and grounded in Jesus because it will change your uh, view of yourself. It'll change how you know God feels about you, and it'll change the way you treat other people. Man, your relationship to your neighbors, to the people that come over for a bonfire, all of those things, all of a sudden your heart's going to begin to change. Say, God, how do I just pour out your love to other people? God, how, how, how do I, even though I'm so frustrated right now, show gentleness and self-control and bite my tongue when I really want to say something else, but God, I know I represent you right now and in this moment. And the Bible says your life will be full. You experience the fullness of Christ as we're rooted and grounded in him. Thirdly, this morning, I want to leave you with this. Let's have the band come back up. Some people look surprised. I think this is the shortest I've preached every time I've ever been here. The worship team's like, what? <laughs> Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7 says this in the message translation. When it talks about loving others, my counsel for you is simple and straightforward. 
just go ahead and with what you've been given. You receive Christ Jesus, the master, now live in him. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. These are all things that happen when we're rooted and grounded in Jesus. Now, do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. And let your living spill over into thanksgiving. And that leads me to my third point. When we are rooted and grounded in Jesus, and we're intentional about that, not only will our lives grow in faith, not only will we grow in love, but we will grow in thankfulness. Thankfulness and gratitude. Colossians 2, 7 says, when you're rooted and grounded in him and your lives are built upon Jesus, you want a full life, one of the results will be that you will overflow with thankfulness. Hebrews 12, 28 says, since then we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, meaning that no matter what's shaking your life right now or turning you upside down or you don't know what's coming in the next season, no matter any of that, the kingdom of God that we have in Jesus is unshakable. So you can be thankful. Like, it's an amazing thing to think that Christians thousands of years ago that were being persecuted for their faith were writing things. Paul, while he's in prison, is writing things about a thankfulness in God in spite of all of their hardships and circumstances. But it came out of a deep-rooted relationship with Jesus. God wants his fullness for you, for me for our friends, for our neighbors. He wants us to be able to walk in an unshakable thankfulness and gratitude towards God. But it goes back to the roots. Psalm 50 verse 14 says this, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. I think sometimes we get so wrapped up and so worried about, have I done enough for Jesus? Have I served enough? Could I do this? Can I do that? Does God love me less because I haven't done this or I haven't done that? You know, the psalmist, I think, had it right. Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. God will use you in your gifts and your talents and ability, but he really wants your heart. And when he has your heart and he has your thankfulness and he has your gratitude and he has your joy because you've said, God, no matter what's going on, I am so grateful to you for what you did for me on that cross, that I have a life in Jesus, that I can be rooted and grounded in you, that I can grow in my faith, that I can grow in the love of God, that I can learn how to love other people. God, I am so thankful that you came and you made a way for me to do that people that leads us to a life of fullness in Jesus Christ you want to have the best summer ever grow in your faith grow in the love of God and grow in your thankfulness and see what the result is come September see what the result is in six months in a year in the next few years this is not a seasonal thing this is something that we continually do in our relationship with Jesus as we follow him one step at a time we put our roots down into Christ and into the love of God, and we grow. And we grow, grow, grow. If you grew up in Sunday school, you know what I mean. You don't want to shrink, shrink, shrink. You want to grow, grow, grow.